the art, that's why I'm so nice. I've been doing this thing my whole life. So good for the art, that's why I'm so nice. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. It's your host, Jake Reeves. I'm alone in the studio, but I'm not alone on the podcast. I got my boy Kyle Mays from the Oh Now Podcast. What's up, brother? What's up, man? We are on the internet. We're on the internet. We're doing a. It's like we're doing. Like you've got your your setup from your podcast, and you're doing it on yours, and I've got it on mine. It's almost like we're doing two podcasts at the same time right now. It's dope. It feels like it's like some aerial Hawaii shit going. That's <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I'm pumped, dude. I'm pumped. This is the first time that uh, Mo has. I've got. I've forced Mo to figure out how to like do the split screen and have somebody call in. I didn't have anything to do with it. I was just like, Mo, we got to have this figured out. Uh, pretty quick so you like putting me on the spot yeah if you're tuning in and you would like to leave comments so that i can see them and me and kyle can respond to them make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel the mississippi superman show on youtube leave your comments there i cannot see the comments on Streamyard if it's on facebook kyle you got any insight on that why do, do you, can you see face when you when you're streaming on facebook can you see comments or do you only see the ones from youtube uh, sometimes yeah i have a problem with the ones from facebook man okay I see most of the ones are from youtube don't you I don't know why that I is, but really, dude, I still I, like I, I freeze up and don't even look at comments half the time. Really, uh, we I don't have that many coming in usually, so but I, I, if I see a good one come through, uh, you know, something that's not just stupid, some bullshit, I'll uh, I'll I'll respond to it. So the big news this week is Cain Velasquez. So this is how, how much do you know about this? What happened with Cain Velasquez? Bro, I went into it deep. Okay. So, um, there's a lot of information that you can't get just due to the age of the victim. Right. And so, the, of course, news, they shouldn't be allowed to put it out. Right. But uh, so Kane, somebody related did to him. Nope. At he the froze a little bit. Uh, yes. yes uh, his family members, he was four years old. Four. Uh, okay. Was attended a daycare um, of this lady. Her, her garbage homeless son or whatever was living with him. And uh, it turns out that he was molesting multiple children. That child. Yeah. Um, from, from what I understood, the child said it was multiple other children in the daycare that he was taking to the bathroom yeah. and doing stuff with. Yeah. Yeah. But he did that child. The child says over 100 times, but it's a four-year-old, so who knows what the number actually is. It could be 20. could be 1,000. Right. You know what I mean? But to the child said over 100 times that it had happened. Um the crazy thing is, and this is the double-edged sword of the situation, and this is what this is what's getting him all the the the, the lashback is he chased this dude down in San Jose, California, shot into the car, didn't hit the guy who did the molest, molesting, but hit his uh, stepfather. Is that right? In the yeah, shoulder. Um, but the thing about it is, man, the charge is premeditated uh, attempted murder. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm calling bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on this yeah. one. I don't know. I'm, I mean, well, I'm not saying you shouldn't get any trouble at all for hitting the bystander, the stepfather. Um, at the same time, though, you're in the car with a child molester, so I kind of think you get what you get at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the one thing that, you know, I don't, it, it, I do have some experience with this working in corrections, and my father was a uh, Alabama Bureau of Investigations uh, polygraph examiner. Okay. And so he's dealt with a lot of this garbage throughout his career. And so um, what I think is going to end up happening in this particular case is Kane will be found not guilty due to reason of uh, temporary insanity, yeah. right? Now, if Kane had been in the bushes at their house waiting for them to come out to shoot him, that could be an entirely different thing that we're talking about. Right, but he, like, saw him out, right? So the defense, what they're going to have to present, and they're a lot smarter than me, they got law degrees and all this stuff is 
they got to come up with a cause of why the situation happened. The situation happened with Kane because his family member was molested. Right. Uh, the the reason the opportunity is the next thing that have to come. The opportunity arose. I'm sorry because of uh, a judge allowing this piece of shit to post bail. Right. Which now the bail and, and I heard that that was against the DA's like what the DA wanted. The DA didn't want him to be able to post bail, but right. the judge allowed it. So it's a fifty thousand dollar bail, which is ten percent of that that he has to give to the right five thousand dollars bondsman. So we're looking at five thousand dollars to get out of a child molestation. Right. So then we look at the means. Now, as long as Cain Velasquez was in possession of a firearm that he had a license for, and he just ran into these pieces of garbage on the interstate and just started firing rounds, now we have a case for. Uh, temporary insanity. Right. So that's what I hope ends up happening. Here's the thing. I think the, I think them going for premeditated attempted murder, I think some of the other charges may stick. I think they're shooting themselves on the foot a little bit by going for such a big um, – a, a, they're trying to convict him with, with such a big charge by going so heavy premeditated attempted. Yeah, and they do that sometimes. When they don't really want to get somebody, they'll, they'll charge them with, like, first-degree murder. And it's like, okay, well, clearly – I'm the Kyle Rittenhouse case was this way. I think they were trying to charge him with, like, first-degree premeditated murder. Right. Obviously, no jury in their right mind is going to convict this kid of first-degree premeditated murder. And nobody, nobody, in my opinion, in the right mind is going to convict Cain Velasquez of first-degree premeditated attempted murder. It's just not a realistic charge to me. Um, and so maybe they are doing it on purpose. I could see some of the, some of the um, like, assault with a deadly weapon charges, some of that stuff sticking. Um, I think that, that, might, that might stick and could be – some of the some of the gun violations that you know having the gun in his car. I don't think he was supposed to have the gun in his car. I think that could uh, yeah. I think that could could be used against him a little bit. Here's the thing though, and this is what I was explaining to a person who was in law enforcement on my Facebook page. I made a post about this, and uh, you know he was like kind of calling to question my defense of him, and I was like, here's the deal: when you've got molesters doing three to seven years in prison, people who touch little kids and rape little kids doing less than 10 years in jail and getting out scot-free and you've got crack dealers doing life or you know people with like like you're trying to charge Kane with 20 years to life in prison and you know good and well if this guy gets convicted of this molestation charge he will not do 20 years to life in prison the legal system is so screwed up that you have to start expecting fathers and men in the community to start like stepping up and doing something here you can't expect us to just keep watching our children get molested and get hurt while you're giving drug charges these astronomical sentences but you're giving child molesters to me those charges should be like on par with murder if you're if you're raping a child that should be like similar to a murder charge and yeah. so cuz you can't you can't rehabilitate that yeah. you know people talk about people talk about um people pedos being like it's a sexual orientation i agree could you imagine if it was illegal to like women yeah. You'd have to lock me up. Yeah. You'd have to lock me up. You couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't live in a world where it wasn't okay for me to like women. I like yeah, women, yeah. dude. It's just who I am. Like you got. I, you can't. You can't rehabilitate me out of liking females. It's who I am. So the only place for me would have to be locked up somewhere. You'd have to put me in a home. Yeah. Away from any women and porn or anything. I. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think too. There's another thing here too. Um, I was reading a statistic that was done. Uh, on average, less than 1% of sexual assaults ever lead to conviction.
in the United States. Wow. We have really? We have a problem with that. Is that because of like a now, lack of evidence or what? Child-based, uh, child-based sex crimes. Uh, less than five percent of those cases actually have medical evidence. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the reason being is is because maybe a child tells later or whatever happens. So a district attorney, when he's taking this case to trial, um, the only evidence he has is is a child's testimony. Right. He doesn't have any medical evidence to back it. So that's his worst nightmare right. is to take this case to trial and have a four, five, six-year-old on the stand with this monster in the courtroom. Yeah. And so the the, the, the prosecutor's going after Well, the, I said defense attorney. The defense attorney knows that the prosecutor does not want to be in that situation. Right. And so they're immediately trying to get plea bargains going. Mm -hmm. And that guy's never going to take the first one. And so that's how they start getting such less time because the DA just like, like hell, I'm just going to end up just so I don't have to be in the situation. And I've seen that. I mean, my father's seen it. He was telling me about it, about how this situation even gets to where it's at. And that's a huge problem that we're starting to see is, uh, but I think there's stuff they can do. I think that med medical examiners or psycho, you know, psychiatrists could talk to these kids and maybe speak on behalf. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that was allowed, instead of having the kid on stand, about, uh, on the stand and things like that. But also, just the, how how much of a child's testimony, you know, like I don't feel like that that's. I mean, in-person testimonies are usually like the least um, reliable sources of information, anyway. And yeah. so then you then you take it and it's a five year old kid that really didn't understand what was going on fully probably. They didn't really grasp like really what this person was doing at the time. And so it's kind of it's kind of uh you know, it's kind of just it's almost like a no win situation. And and so it's almost like we have to like take it into our own hands a little bit and if somebody touches your kid, you almost have to you're almost forced to go out and do something. You know what I mean? And until until something changes, it's almost like and, – and the other problem with it is you do have, like, mothers who are trying to get back at fathers, and they'll to, – to win custody battles, they'll accuse the father of molesting the child. And then you can talk a kid into believing just about anything because they're kids, and they don't – you know, which is why on the stand they, you know, have trouble yeah. testifying, you know, as being a credible witness. So, I don't know. That's it's tough. That, it's one thing, too, and it's, it's very important to have an interrogator to get that – confession yeah uh, that, way that way that the kids testimony is not the only I remember when I was in college I went I came to visit my dad in his office and uh as, as I was walking in they were taking this guy out in handcuffs and I was like what's going on and he was like look what this stupid son of a bitch just admitted to and I was like what's up he's like well he was supposed to come take a polygraph with me he didn't feel comfortable doing it and so I told him uh if you're innocent, take the polygraph. If you're guilty, don't take it. And the guy said, well, something might have happened. And he's like, well, what might have happened? Well, it was an accident. And, uh, of course, Dad's like, well, what happened? He said, well, I was giving the kid a bath, and, you know, my finger slipped or something's crazy. He's like, well, do me a favor. Outline your hand on this piece of paper. Draw a line at how far your finger or whatever did, and then put your initials. And so the guy does it, outlines his hands, he puts his hand, he puts initials, 
Dad signs it says, you have the right to remain silent, you stupid son of a bitch. You know, anything you say or do, you know, and so that's a lot. That's a strong part of this case is. So he just basically just admitted, like, yeah. He just admitted to, yeah, to abusing a child. Yeah. And so, so yeah, the system works sometimes right. with, as long as you have these people in place that will try to pull, you know, try to what, get, try to get it to where it's not only the kid's testimony that's working. What what was what was his charge? What, what what did he end up serving? Do you know how much time he ended up serving for that? Now that I'm not 100 percent sure. I think at least now, believe it or not, where I'm from, they give them pretty lengthy sentences. Uh, yeah. It's one of the areas in Alabama that's known for cracking down on that shit, and mainly because there's a bunch of old school guys, you know, like. Uh, Dad had had 25 years of ABI, then he started working for the DA's office. And so they had a lot of knowledge coming in there to to get these guys. But, yeah, it's, it's in California with this particular situation, this guy getting out, I mean, can you just can't blame Kane for what he did. Absolutely not. I would have done the same thing, only maybe more premeditated. I think I might have went a little bit further and, like, Followed him a few blocks, waited for him to get out, and then ambushed him or something. I, I just, you know, the thing about it is, man, like, everybody, any man that wouldn't have done what Kane did is a bitch. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, if somebody molests or – let me tell you, I, I, I'm going to make two points here. Number one, if it came out that my daughter or one of my sons were molested by a teacher and I found out about it, y'all wouldn't. Y'all wouldn't. Y'all never know. It never hit the right. news. They'd never be charged. You'd never find the body. They'd be in a pit. They would be left their body to be in a pig farm somewhere out in right. the boonies in in, uh, in Crawford, Mississippi. I'm gonna tell yeah. you that right now in Alabama somewhere over in Vernon. I, tell, I promise you right now that wouldn't. There wouldn't be if you found if you found a body. There wouldn't be much of one left. Nobody'd ever hear about it. Cause here, here's the thing. All right, I got a lot of homeboys that have done time. I've, yeah. I've been I've been around. You know, back in my younger days, I was kind of crazy and wild, and I hung out with guys that that had murdered people i've hung out with guys that were thieves i've hung out with liars i've hung out with drug dealers but there's only one kind of person i won't mess with and that's a kitty toucher bro yeah, I, if i find out that at any point in your history you touched a kid i'm not gonna hang out with you me and you are not cool me and you are homies i don't care if the kid was was t three or 14 you know now you start getting into these cases where the girl was 16 and the boy was 19 something like that right. that's a little different but I'm talking about a kid. If I find out you touch kids, you are a sex offender. You are a pedophile. That is the right. one type of criminal. I just, you know, like I'm not gonna hang out with you. I'm not. You're not my boy. You know, I'm not going. I'm, we're not going out to yeah. eat. You can't train here. You can't come to my gym. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm not. I'm not gonna put up with that. You know, it's just. And it's a. It's wild. You can immediately tell who those people are. Oh yeah. Um, when I was uh, working in the prison, I could just talk to somebody and I could tell what they did. Really? I could tell if they were sex offenders. Mainly, um, sex offenders have a way of acting. They'll be fine as long as they're getting their way. Mm -hmm. The second they don't get their way, they start crying like a little bitch. Like really? it's the second everything, you know, it's like everything falls apart. Uh, now, a murderer, he would be cool all, all the time. Uh, when he didn't get his way, he would just go on about it. You know, it's, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, a drug dealer would never have anything to do with me unless I was a part of his hustle. Right. You know, if I could open up a gate for him or do something that could help him Makes move sense. his shit. I already knew what they were 
if it was some crazy kid that's always doing dumb shit, hitting people in the balls and stuff, I knew he was an armed robber. It makes it sense. Just, you know, like, it was like, but those kitty touchers always had that same way of acting. Yeah. They always kind of were like snakes, little little chameleons, little lizard people, man. Mm-hmm. Like they just, they would try to look normal, but the second they didn't get their way, you could see it. Yeah. You know, you're just a little bitch, man. You're just this little bitch that always wants his way and you, you just use people. You know, it's just a weird way of, uh, but there's a lot of people. And now what sucks is, I can't turn that off, you know. So now that I'm in public, mm-hmm. you know, I start talking to people, and I start seeing this this personality conflict, this problem, and I'm just like, man, you need to get away from me, bro. Right. Like, I, like, like I see it. I see. Use a kitty toucher, bro. <laughs> like I yeah. see some in you that yeah. I don't like, bro. Like, I like you need to get the hell, you need to back off, you know. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. Know, I, I never thought about it like that, but I've been around people like. There's been some people in my area that I've known that always gave me a weird, like there was this one guy, oh, this dude always gave me a weird vibe. I never liked the dude, but he was insanely popular in this area. Everybody knew this guy. Everybody was friends with this guy. I mean, this guy like had, but he always had like teenage boys hanging out with him and stuff. And uh, I always had a weird vibe from him. And then he got arrested for, you guessed it. And I'm just kind of like, how did y'all not see that? You know, how did y'all not? Just the signs are there, right? How did y'all not see that this was? I mean, come on, dude. What grown man in his thirties is wanting to hang out with fifteen-year-old boys? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't, dude. I'm thirty-one years old. I have no yeah, desire to hang out with a fifteen-year-old boy. Hell no. no. I mean, unless he's my nephew. Right. If he's if he's my son or something, if we're kin, but like, dude, they're the worst people. They're the worst yeah. people to be around. I don't want to be around you. You're a fifteen-year-old boy. You're a horrible little human. You know, there's nothing good about you. You're going to put a hole in my drywall. I already know what (laughs) Right. I already know what's going to happen. You're going to make a bunch of stupid jokes. You look like you're an adult, but you have the mind of a 10-year-old. There's going to be drinks spilled all over the fucking floor. (laughs) I don't don't even want you in my house. I don't even want you around me. You know? We're not cool. You know? I don't. You know? I don't. Shit, not flush it. Like, there's something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's exactly the kind of stuff these kids do. Like, I don't understand why somebody likes them. Like, I don't even want to be around them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, it is. That's a, that's a, that's a weird. Now, I had a dude that taught me in Sunday school that uh, taught me all the way up dude, that was a kid toucher. Really? Like, shit. like, I actually met him again when he came to prison. Oh, wow. Now, what had uh, what was weird about that was, I ain't going to lie, I was just kind of like, damn, I dodged a bullet there. You know what I mean? Like, that. like. What yeah. the hell? Like I've been to this dude's house, bro. Like, no shit. Wow. And uh, but it turns out when it started looking at it, the the kids that he was taking advantage of were kids without fathers in the home. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. he uh, he was a predator, man. He had his own picks and stuff like that. And there's no, t- yeah. he only did a ten split two. You know, he's out right now. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's crazy, dude. But the victims didn't come out till later. You know, but after you start thinking about it, you can kind of see the ones that he did, you know, like that, like, and it's just, it's just brutal, man. It's, it's freaking crazy. Um, a lot of those guys are attached themselves to church. Yeah. You know, they attach because that gives you such a great opportunity because you can get in there as a youth leader or a Sunday school yeah. teacher and you have a reason to be around kids. You know what I mean? I'm going to be honest with you. It's one of the reasons yeah. it's hard for people to trust. I think like male elementary school teachers. Like, yeah. like what man in his right mind? See, I've got a rule, right? I've got a rule about dating women 
there's certain occupations that you have to be really careful about dating. So if you date a woman who's in nursing, red flag. Okay. The the two craziest to me is nurses and Yeah, that's my wife. Yeah. Hey man. They're crazy. I'm sorry. They are. But they're a different kind of crazy. And then the, so they're heartless. The, uh, right. The other kind of crazy is early elementary school teachers. No adult in their right mind wants to lock themselves in a room with 36-year-olds. None of them. No adult. Not even a woman. But a man that wants to do it? Yeah, something's wrong. I don't know, bro. I'm not saying that every man that's an elementary school teacher is a pedophile. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's not right in the head. I'm not saying that pedophilia is what makes him not right. I'm not saying it's not either, but I'm not saying it is. But there's a reason. But there's a reason no dudes go into that field. And only crazy women do, in my opinion. That's just how I, how I think. Yes, taking care of your own if you, six-year-old as a woman is very rewarding. And as a man, too, taking care of your own kids at that age, like three or four of them, hey, man, have a ball. 30, 20, 30 of them? Nobody <laughs> wants to do that. No human. No hey, human bro, wants to do that. I got one. I got one seven-year-old at the house. This I got three. Stop. I love, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I got three. I love it. Stop there. One is perfect. I love him so much, dude. dude. Okay, with one kid, as long as you and the mother are together, even if you're not, okay, with one kid, if y'all didn't want to spend a lot of time as a whole unit, 50% of your time is kidless. You can pass that kid off to the other parent, and you can go do some other stuff. And then they can pass it off to you. You can go do some fun stuff, and you don't have to, have to watch one little kid. And then they can go shop and do whatever they want to do. And you can do that all day long. Now, it's I do have, amazing. I got a little girl, though. Now, okay, so you gotta look, uh, you got to watch all the peckers then. So. Hey, but What's raising that? a little girl, honestly, to the age of, she's 12 now. She's 12 now. So so this has been perfect ever since, man. So from, from beginning all the way till now. I, I realize dating age is going to be a little rough. Yeah, give it two years. I got a 14-year-old at home. <laughs> but now when my son came around, I was like, what is this monkey, dude? Like, Dude. Wow. Is this a person? Like, yeah, No. What? Why this Not till they're 25. Act this way. No, no man is a person until he's 25. This th- this thing is not like that. Thing. No, you know what I mean. They're not similar. They don't even. My children, no, my two even... boys are animals. I've got I've got a boy and two girls. Both of my boys are barbarians. Yeah. They are animals. My daughter's nasty. Okay, she has her own nasty ways, but compared to the boys, she's an angel. Yeah. All right, oh, yeah. she's cleaner. She's not. She's not a clean kid. But like Luke and Sawyer, those little some bitches just want to watch the world burn. They just want to watch the world burn. I swear to God, dude, my son, my little bright-eyed, beautiful baby boy, my youngest, the, the lot of my life, took a shit in covers in the living room, folded them up and hid them, and let us look for it for a week. Yeah, you still want kids? Y'all still want kids yeah, at home? Kidding, dude. Bro. So the only GPS you had was a smell of that turd, dude. Yeah, and it took us, it took us like three days. Took us three days to find it. Bro, let me tell you something my two kids did. My two kids took a dump in their floor in their upstairs bedroom and then commenced to play with it like it was Play-Doh. They made snakes by rolling their hands together, rolled them into the carpet, and just made made Play-Doh figures with their own feces. They are savages. If they weren't children, I would think they need to be locked up in a home. I I had an octagon playpen, man. When he was like two, and uh, the kid, my daughter was at school, and I'm watching, you know, it's back when I worked nights, and so I'm, I'm trying to whip him something up in the kitchen, you know, a little, little yogurt, little, some fruit, something for for my little man to enjoy. Gotcha. And he's in here watching uh, 
some crazy shit, Teletubbies or Yo Gabba Gabba or some, some stoner some shit. Wild. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And so I come in, dude, when I when I get done, I'm about to feed him. I notice he don't have his diaper on. And I'm like Red Flag. Uh, what's up? Oh, dude. And so I look and I see the skid mark inside his diaper. But I don't see no turd. And I'm like, nah, surely not, man. Oh yeah. And so I pick him up and I smell his breath. Doo-doo breath, bro. <laughs> Doo-doo breath, bro. I was like, holy shit. No. Me. Oh. Like, this is the – yes. I think he just topped you on that one, Jake. No, my kids did that. Too. How old was he? Sorry I did that, too. He was two. Yeah, sorry I did that when he was two, too. We went in his bedroom when he was two, and he, he took his, and he had smeared it all over the walls and all over the handrails of his of his crib, and he had it all over his face from licking it and eating it. Oh, yeah. Dude, they're, just, they're, they're the worst creatures. I was just more of like, dude, you, but you finished it. You know, like, that's impressive. Like, yeah, he had all of it. He liked it. You got like an iron deficiency or something. Like what? <laughs> what? What's really going on, man? Like I feel like a bad parent for a second. You need, you need a bucket there, Jake. <laughs> like I didn't know. You know, I didn't know what was really going on. But, but yeah, that happened, dude. We got to change the subject here, man. I don't man. understand it. You gonna make me throw up? <laughs> you gonna have me yakking right here on the podcast, cause, bruh, that is horrible. What a horrifying little creature these guys are. You know what though? Every, all of us were the same way at one point. And all of us. Kill, we would kill for them. Absolutely, dude. If you touch one of them, they'll never find your body. I promise yeah. you. And th- that's I promise you. That coming back to it is just like, man, like the fact that someone would take advantage of these little creatures that we love so much, man. Yeah. It's, it's taking so much time for us to raise them. Yeah. I mean, it's called the Man Up Podcast. That's what yeah. we're trying to do. We're trying to raise little men. We're, right. trying, to, we're trying to become better men yeah. so that we can raise better men, yeah. you know. And so the fact that there's this evil. And, and as a man, it's, it it's our job to be the, the shield from that to our children. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's our job as men. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what anybody says. Your job as a man, first and foremost, is to protect your family. Jason says he remembers the video of me sticking my hand in the poop at my house. Yeah, I put a video up on Facebook of me accidentally grabbing some when I was showing them what it was like having little boys. And, uh, yeah, it was horrible. Thanks for reminding me about that, Jason. Uh, but, yeah, your job as a, as, a, as a man is to protect them. I have a funny, another funny story that happened to me last week. Um, I was kind of on the fence if I was going to share this or not, but I had a funny story that happened to me last week. I got a note home from school about my oldest son. Not my oldest child, my oldest son, my middle child. Um, his teacher sent a note home. And uh, he'd gotten in trouble. And the two things he got in trouble for was uh, the first one was he was in the bathroom. There was a pre-K student in there. And he, was, he, deep, he got his voice all deep. And he was like, what are you doing in here, kid? And it was like messing with him. And the kid was like taking a poop. He's like, I know you're in there pooping. And uh, the kid apparently got really freaked out. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, he, he got freaked out and went to the teacher and told him my son got in trouble. Uh, I felt like it was funny, really. Uh, I, I just want to got Freddy Krueger in the bathroom with you. I get freaked out too. <laughs> Heck yeah, bro. Um, the second thing was this one was really got me. They were like, he's at school and he's doing a lot of. Uh, he keeps getting in trouble at recess and in class some too. But the biggest thing they said was at recess he was doing a lot of punching and kicking. He was like shadow boxing and like play punt fighting and punching and kicking. And I was kind of like, so is his form good? Like, what, did he bring his hands back to his face after he punched? Like, how was his stance? Like, was he, was he, was he throwing good combos? Like, why, why, why is he in trouble for that? 
And I think that goes back to the whole yeah. like, like, and he goes to a like a small private school. That the reason I sent him there was to get him away from. You know, I think that it's just funny how feminized they want our yeah. boys to be now. You know, like, oh, you can't punch and kick when you play anymore. You can't play Army. He brought a Nerf gun to school for show and tell. I know what public schools that's frowned upon. It's a Nerf gun. Nobody's going to mistake that for a real-life gun, and he's five, okay? Like, if he wants to bring a Nerf gun to show and tell, who cares? But they didn't let him give the, yeah. do that for show and tell. Uh, you know, there ain't Star Wars out there, man. They, you know, if you mistaken that for a gun, like, come right. on, bro. Like, yeah, you deserve it. You deserve to get robbed by a five-year-old with a, with a, with a Nerf gun. You know what I mean? Like, like if my five, if my five or six year old can pull out a Nerf gun, be like get on the ground and you do it, good. <laughs> you deserve it. Don't send me to the future. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? Oh my God! But you know, it's so funny, man. And I don't know how outspoken about this you're willing to get or what your opinion on it is. But it's it's so funny when I get on social media and I'm reading these people and everybody's mad about transgender men men who think they're women and it's like okay but here's the deal you told us not to be competitive you took the score and winning out of sports you yeah. told us not to be aggressive you told us it wasn't okay to fight and defend if somebody hits us to go tell the teacher you told us that if um you know not to run the score up in games and not to you know oh well you gotta you know you gotta be be soft and be whatever you told you you put us in schools where they sit and, and listen to a female teacher for seven hours a day sitting in the desk being still, and then you wonder why the little summer gun wants to wear lipstick and put on a dress. You raised a girl. You raised a girl. You raised that little boy to be a girl. You told him it wasn't okay to be aggressive. It wasn't okay to be competitive. It wasn't okay to fight. It wasn't okay to protect yourself and your loved ones. It wasn't okay to go out and like my my daughter getting in trouble at school for selling Cheetos. Why? Yeah. I, and I funded that project because my daughter was like, you know, we're not supposed to do it, but, uh, you know, I'm making a bunch of money selling Pocky and, and chips and stuff at school. I was like, here's $20. Split the split the profit with me. You know what I mean? And then she got in trouble, and I was like, you ain't in trouble with me, baby girl. That's hustling. Let me tell you yeah, something. You yeah. All that bullshit they're teaching you in the classroom, the Pelagathrium theorem, theorem or whatever it's, it's called. Good, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't care. Um, that, I, that I just completely slaughtered that. It's all how to do, to me. I don't know. Uh, yeah, algebra two and finding X. Let me tell you something, baby. If you learn how to take $20 and turn it into $40 flipping Pocky to your friends, you are more ready for real life than anything they're teaching you. Period. Well, I, you know, here's my thing, man. Like, I'm not saying people really, you know, that what are, you transition when you're grown at whatever. But, dude, I wanted to be a garbage man when I was in second grade. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, there was shit that, that I'm glad I didn't aspire to that. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted right. to be a Ninja Turtle when I was in fourth grade. That's a, be, that's a, be, that's a better analogy. I mean, it Carter, be man, fun. you probably make pretty good money. But, bro, when I was when I was that age, I wanted to be a mob boss and a transformer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, come on, man. I mean. Let me tell you something. But when they come out with the surgery where I can turn myself into a Camaro, cuz, your boy is going to be have a V8. You know what I'm saying? Your boy going to have that, that LS1 oh, yeah. under the hood. Oh, yeah. Be farting out white smoke, dude. All day, baby. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm, uh, I'm be skeeting and yeeting and catching some yonder out there on the highway, cause you know. Yeah, I identify, I identify as a El Camino with a 400 small block. What's good, player? You know. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say. That. I actually, they had a uh, transgender comedian on the podcast. 
I remember that. And we were talking about, you know, uh, certain things with, uh, you know, bone density and stuff like that. And she, she was kind of, you know, she was talking about a different test or whatever. And I was just like, well, people are going to cheat for competitive edge. Like, if, I, if I'm a transgender fighter, all I'm going to do is I'm going to get some fake boobs. I'm going to keep my testosterone level. I'm going to shave this beard off and get a wig. And I'm about to, I'm about to beat some chick's ass. I'm about to break some orbital bones. Like yeah. That's what's supposed to go down. Yeah. Like, it's the same competitive edge that Chael used, that Hell John's used, that a lot of guys, Vitor, there's a lot of guys that use the same thing. It's just like every fighter before you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Every fighter before you saw it. Nate Diaz was not lying when he said everybody's on steroids. Back in the day, everybody was on steroids. So, bringing in transgender fighters, all you're doing is you're creating cheating that's on, I mean, it's on a scale that you'll have never seen. And you can't. Stop it. Yeah. There is nothing you can do to stop it because guess what? I'm not taking a shot in the ass. I'm not I'm not taking DECA. I'm not taking Sustanon. I don't need no wind straw. I'm just using my own testosterone right. against these chicks. On natural my levels. On natural levels. Honey, that honeycomb fat cell you got, guess what? Mine are smooth and I can lose weight faster than you can. Absolutely. I can I can cut weight. I can I can come in here and weigh one fifty five at weigh is I, I can weigh two twenty at the night yep. of fire. I don't I don't retain water because of my menstrual cycle. I don't have a menstrual cycle that makes me retain water, makes it harder to cut weight. There's a lot of things and now that I've 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 coached female fighters, a lot of things that I don't even think about as a male, like when it comes to like when you're gonna yeah. fight and timing and, and, and you know, the menstrual cycle and things like that, dude, it's it's harder. It's harder for them. And you take it's ten times. You take the best female fighter to a certain weight class, and I'm telling you this from someone who's seen it, okay? You take the best female fighter to weight class, especially with striking. You can make up a little bit with jujitsu, but when you start hit striking and ground and pound and, and slams and stuff, you take the best female, let's say at 135 pounds, and you put her against uh, kind of a scrub or a newbie at 135, especially with striking. He's yeah. been training a year. He's going to beat that ass. I've oh, seen yeah. it time and time again. Yeah. Time and time again. You know, well, I'm not you know, saying every time, but a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. As long as the punches are straight down the pot. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, it's they're over. more quick twitch muscle. I mean, they're they're faster. They hit harder. They're stronger. You know, it's just. We're about to get canceled. I just heard quick twitch. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not saying that we should segregate the weight classes. You're about Kyle. to get your box of shit. Go home, homie. <laughs> yeah, we finna we finna get canceled. No, yeah, I better change the subject. Um, no, but it's it is a. It's you know it's a competitive edge, man. Yeah. And whenever you have competition, you're always going to have people that want it. Yeah. And so it's it's impossible to remove it out of that out of that situation. And so you know it's just kind of I don't the, know. The like, only me, the only right answer to it in terms of that this could go is to create a separate league for transgender athletes. It's the, I would watch that shit. I would too. I would like to see. I would be cool with like if you wanted to let the women transitioning to be men and the men transitioning to be women fight each other. I'd be cool with that. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, bro. The first transgender that goes into the WNBA, I'm watching that shit. Bro, I hope it's LeBron James. I'm Joanna man shit. Just oh, my God. Over, just, dude. <laughs> Scoring 878 on. points a game. I will buy that jersey. I swear <laughs> to God, I will. I'm going to wear it everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. No, no. <laughs> everywhere. There are sports that I'm cool with. It. Olympic. Basketball is really probably not one of them for me. Uh, there are some things like I, we were talking about Adele getting the non-binary like artist of the year in Great Britain. That's cool with me. Like singing, there's no there's no advantage to being a man as a singer. 
You know, I don't care. But if like if it involves running, jumping, punching, pushing, hitting in any way, kicking, like there's a clear advantage for men there. So, yeah, I'm not cool with it. I'm sorry. Bro, you, you imagine Bruce Jenner back in his college days playing some softball, just Bro. cranking that shit over 180 or 1,080 yards, just creating yeah. this running circles around everybody. I will watch just that shit. knocking the ball out of the park every time he gets a hold of it. Gadoosh! Gadoosh! He's the fucking Sammy Sosa of female softball, just oh, knocking it out of the park with no HGH, just natural somatropin and testosterone coursing through his veins, just cranking them over that half-the-size field that they play on, you know? So oh, that, That's what I'm trying to say out there, you know, kind of in a comical way, kind of not. There is a market for it. Absolutely. You know, you get out of my MMA. Get out yeah. of my sport that I love. Because well, you're you punching females. <laughs> MMA is the one I'm the most against because it's the closest thing to a street fight that we've got that's legal. Okay? And you just want to beat up women. There's a certain point. It's like, dude, you just want to beat up a woman. Yeah, you, you're getting you're cage fighting women. If you want a cage fight so bad, you're probably still a dude, really. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I feel like I want to have a vagina, but I still want to, like, have a beard and cage fight and drink. You know what I mean? And, like, like have kids. And, and get some gun tattoos on my stomach. Shit. Right. And I still want to have sex with women. I still want to have sex with women. I just want to do it as a girl, and I still want a cage fight. I just want to get my pussy ate. You know, I probably shouldn't have said that on my on – my, that's on my personal Facebook. I probably should have kept that one. But that's what I'm saying. It's just it's just weird. It's a weird thing. You know, And but I still want to beat up yeah, women. It's a conundrum, dude. Yeah, I still want to beat up women in a cage. Like what? Yeah. What? I get it. Yeah. I get it. Cause this is coming from somebody like myself, like who wasn't quite good enough to go and be a big name in the sport. But if I could fight as a female, I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, I'm a, I'll probably fight heavyweight right now. I could I could do work on Gabby Garcia. I would be I would I would whoop her ass if I transi transitioned right now. You know, maybe after the estrogen and everything, and she's pumped up on testosterone. But if she went natty, and I went natty, and we fought. Yeah. I would beat her with an inch of her life. Her striking is atrocious, yeah. okay? And, I mean, she's an okay grappler, but her jiu-jitsu is not super impressive either. She's just really strong, and she has pretty good jiu-jitsu, you know? But her jiu-jitsu jiu isn't great, and her striking is terrible. But she's a monster. And so... Now, 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 you cut out a little bit. Which fighter are you Gabby about? Garcia. You think you could take Nunes? At the same weight? Yeah. No. I don't think I could <laughs> No. No. At my weight, I probably could. I'm she's a heavyweight. Like the one that's kind of like yeah all right i don't want to talk about that kind of that kind of defeats my argument you know yeah yeah she might she might do some work because i mean she she's different you know like and i'm oh, saying at, at that weight class too like i'm yeah. talking about at that weight now me at my weight versus her at her weight yeah i don't think it'd be a fight but yeah. i mean it'd be a tough fight cool. at that weight but you remember like ronda rousey back when she was in her prime 2015 she said she could take any male fighter at 135 pounds and i wanted to believe her there's no way there's no way, especially after we saw what happens when Nunez hits you, because there's a bunch of dudes at 135 that hit as hard as Nunez. Hey, after Holly hit her. Oh, dude, she she did not want to be there. She didn't want to be there. You could see it in her eyes. Dude, Holly, to me, Holly's one of the, the greatest of all time. Just just mixed martial arts, yeah. boxing, all of the accolades coming in and just derailing the Ronda Rousey train. Yeah, but I love Holly Holm, man. But I don't, you know, I think Holly kind of brought back the, the feminism to, to the sport. Yeah, that I makes see what you're sense, you know. Yeah, like I'm a woman, I'm proud to be a woman. I got long blonde hair. I'm a pretty girl, man. Yeah, like was Ronda Rousey was that way too a little bit. She was, I think. When you start talking shit to the dudes, yeah, you know, like anytime you try to push somebody else down to kind of raise yourself up, yeah, you got Joe Rogan crying and shit talking about you're the greatest fighter. 
or since fucking Ali or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear that shit, man. Like, I, like, there's a, like, I get it. Women fighters are amazing, and there's some that are Hall of Fame, Absolutely. you know, great fighters. Yeah. In the reality, it's just harder for men. There's a lot more male fighters. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a way more male. It's way more competitive. There's way more people doing it. There's not that many girls out there. And once again, as somebody who's coached females, you know, won yeah, a lot. But the top at the top of competition. Bro. Yeah, it, it's I mean, very. You have a there's big say in this topic. Yeah, there's very. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of competition. There's not a lot of other girls. Like when you start when you start trying to match, uh, let's say a 125 pound female for a pro fight. Yeah. I mean, you're usually having to pull from anywhere in the country. I mean, there's there's ten of them. You know what I mean? That that are that are legitimate opponents at that level. Not fighters in general, but at like a, at a pro level or an amateur level. There's just not that many. You know, and it's not the ones that the, that are there aren't good. But if you take a girl who has, you know really high level skills she's the i mean she's the exception not the rule usually yeah you know they're they're, they're not as good if you're trying to make if you're a guy at 155 pounds and you're trying to make it to the ufc i'm not saying it's not going to happen but i've seen a lot of really really good good male fighters at 155 not be good enough i've seen a lot of very very talented good male 145ers 170s 135ers that were monsters on the local scene undefeated get that get to that level and just not be good enough and i've seen girls that were yeah. good but you know they got that little special drive whatever but they were good but not as good as those guys were and they make it you know it's just yeah it's a different it's just not as competitive it just isn't yeah. it's why it's why rousey was able to go on that like hot streak that she went on and then she started the as she did that the division got more competitive, and she started actually getting hit by girls that could punch. Hey, there's not that many of those out there. There's not that many guys out there that can for real punch. Like there's there's some there are people out there that have the gift of punching that you can't yeah. teach. They just have it. You can you can teach people to hit hard. You can teach people to turn their hips and push off the ground and all the right things. But there are some people that will just knock you unconscious without any of that. You know what I mean? They're just they've got it. They've got the gift. Yeah. You know, and there's not a lot of women yeah. out there that have that. Yeah. And you can see it, man. Now, how many women do you coach that fight professionally? Uh, none now. Yeah. Yeah. None now. Zero. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, are, you, are, are, you, are you sworn to not talk about that? Do you have to sign something on that? Nope. You don't want to talk no, about I'm not. It? I'm not involved at all anymore. Oh, man. Is she, in, is she out west? As far as I know. Is that a rumor I heard? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that she was. I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind of being secretive, but I don't know what I can talk. No, about. No, we, yeah, I mean, we can. I mean, everybody knows that Hannah was on the Ultimate Fighter, but I don't, uh, I don't. That's all I know. So, yeah, okay. I'm not a. So that's, at a professional level, that's that's the only one that was. She's, you know, she's not with me anymore. So, um, now yeah, I'm gonna say this, one thousand percent. I think this shit that you're gonna do in Columbus with your fighting organization is fixing to blow up. I hope so. Bro, I think you're about to be dude, I think you're about to be big shit. I hope so. That's the goal. I really do. I think you've had a I think you've had a you know, and I always blow smoke up your ass cuz I love you, Thanks, man. man. You good people. Thank you, bro. But I think that your cultivation of fighters is evident, you know, even though you may not have a connection or may not even be whatever, but dude, when you look at the crops that you're bringing up. Yeah. 
appreciate that. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, th- I think it ended up being a pipeline. Yeah, that's that's the goal, man. So when, not to just make a little extra money. I mean, that's obviously whenever you start a promotion, you need it to make money. Just like when I start a gym, you need it to make money. Um, I start with the why, though. Like, why am I doing it? And I need I need a bigger reason than money. And so for me, it's I want to give these local guys in this area an opportunity. Mo- you know, a lot of fighters are never going to make it to the big show, but the ones that do, I want to give them a, a platform to do that. And the ones that aren't, I want to give them a platform they can fight in their hometown. They can they can be they can be almost like a celebrity in their hometown because I mean, if you're good, you don't have to be UFC good to be something special in your hometown. Yeah. You know, you see people that you know cultivate these followings and become something that they would have never been able to do. They'd be loading trucks and working a $10 an hour job, busting their back all day with nothing if it weren't for the opportunities to go out and fight and, and, and make something of themselves on a local scene. And there's not one around here. I mean, the closest fights for us is SFC and Tupelo. Yeah. Other than that, we've got to go to Birmingham, Jackson, or Memphis, which is, you know, two, three hours away. Um, so, like, giving that local scene, uh, uh, giving my community something that is cool and – fun and and engaging and entertaining that that gives them you know something to look forward to giving these young fighters not just at my school but at the surrounding schools you know with like Startville and Tupelo Pontotoc Corinth you know surrounding areas giving these guys an opportunity other than you know to 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 have another venue to to build their records and build a fan base um and then also uh you know build the sport in this area because People are going to go to this fight, these fights, and they're going to watch this. And we're going to, my my intention is to build it up to be a class a, class A, you know, legit promotion with you know it look awesome, it be super professionally ran. We treat everybody well, and um, you know, to and for it to create and make the I believe that training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and training mixed martial arts, training martial arts in general, especially legitimate martial arts that really tests you. I'm not talking about breaking boards and doing katas. But like real martial arts that test you when you're rolling and sparring and uh, a little dig there at some of my some of my traditional bros out there. Um, it makes it makes you a better person. It makes you a better person when you step on the mat and get beat. It makes you a better person to train for something and work that hard for something and and compete and it makes you better. It, it, I'm not saying that everybody that does it is a good person, but I'm saying it, it allows them to explore a side of themselves that our society doesn't let them explore. And as men, I believe we need to explore. You should be pushing yourself every day. You should be putting yourselves in situations that suck and that you don't like on a regular basis. And there's not a whole lot of situations that suck more than a 220-pound guy having you in side control, holding you on the mat on a Tuesday night because that's your gi night. You know what I mean? That's that's your, And so promoting, that's why I do what I do for a living, and that's why I'm good at it, I think, is because I'm not trying to sell jujitsu memberships. I'm not trying to... And this is not a pitch either. This is just me and you talking, and it happens to be on a podcast. But I say this all the time. I'm not trying to just sell jujitsu memberships. I'm not trying to get people to come sign up at my gym so I can make money. I'm not trying to even necessarily make myself the biggest name out there. I'm trying to change people's lives. And I 1,000% believe with everything in me that Brazilian jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts and training in the right environment with the right coach is life-changing. You will be a better, different, more confident person a more well-adjusted person than you were and more and importantly as a man and a woman too a person that's more willing and able to defend yourself and your family from pedophiles and such so you know could you imagine if kane had got his hands on that guy probably would wish he'd got shot oh dude you know that that would have been one thing that i think too that people are kind of losing is and i don't want to turn it this way and i know this is not an avenue for this but it's almost a biblical concept 
You know, you see that right. all in the Bible. If you'll humble yourself, and then you'll be exalted, right? Right. Well, that you don't see that in anywhere other going on except for mixed martial arts. You may yeah. think you're the baddest dude on the planet. Come get on the mat. Come get on the mat. Come roll come the roll black belt. Come, come, yeah. come get strangled. Come get yeah. this hot oil up off of you. Yeah. It's going to humble you. Absolutely. It humbled me. You know, you're do you, have I ever, you're not. And guess what? You're going to be nicer to people after that. 100%. Have I ever told you how I got into training? Have ever told, you have not. No. All right. So how I got into mixed martial arts was I ran a underground uh, backyard fight club in high school. And uh, I was the sh I've got a bunch of DVDs in my office of it, actually. Um, I was the shit at it. I was really good. I was 10 and 0. Um, I was beating grown Jay men. 5,000. You know, yeah, I was. That's right. JJ 5,000 over here. Uh, I was beat. I'd beat some grown men, you know, in their 30s and 40s that, you know, so I'm thinking I'm hot shit. Uh, I was choking all these dudes out, knocking people out because I was a big, you know, I've been this size since I was in eighth grade. So, um, you know, like I was pretty athletic. I was a little, I wasn't quite as thick, but do what? Mama fed that baby potatoes, man. Heck yeah, bro. I was eating good. I was eating that cornbread, son. You know, um, so um, I've been about 6'3 since I was 8th, ninth grade. You know, I wasn't as thick as I am now. I wasn't lifting and stuff, but I was athletic, you know. And so I was beating these people, and I was like, man, I want to do this for real. You know, I got me, I had, I did Taekwondo as a kid and karate. I'm thinking that was going to give me a background. And uh, I was beating up all these people in the backyard. I'd done a little bit of boxing. And I was like, man, I'm finna go up here to this MMA gym. I found out that they were doing MMA classes for free at that time at this gym. They just wanted fighters. It was, just, it was like a fight team. It really wasn't a gym. It was just a fight team. They just, they were fighters and they needed training partners. So my first, uh, my first couple weeks there, I so I go up there, I get choked out, but I'm doing okay. You know, we're just kind of rolling and stuff. Well, they find out who I am because I had a big name. Everybody there knew who I was. And I'd even heard them talk shit about me not knowing it was me. They thought that the guy that they were thinking of, his name was Jake Reese. That's the Fight Club guy. And I was Jake Reeves. They didn't realize that I was Jake Reese. But my real name's Reeves, you know, because people would say my name fast. Hey, y'all know Jake Reese? Y'all know Jake Reese? You know? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, they found out who I was. They were like, oh, uh, do you want to fight? And I was like, I'm like, I've been training like a week and a half. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to fight, bro. You know, I started training end of November, and this was like a couple weeks from Christmas. So, yeah, maybe two weeks. They were like, all right, well, we're going to fight test you. Um, you're going to do a round with every fighter on the team. They're going to be fresh, and we're just going to shark tank you, you know, for three or four rounds or something. And I was like, cool, bet. Let's go, you know. Say less. I got this, you know. I'm thinking I'm Mr. Billy Badass. Like, yeah, I mean, it may not go great, but I'll be okay. You know, I've been in all these fights. I've been in all these street fights. I've been in all these backyard fights. I think I'm ready. You know, I'm thinking I'm ready. And then some, some waiter at Olive Garden with a man bun yoked you up. Bro, you? my first round was with Ben Lowry, who was the 155 champ down in Natchez. At one time, he was 10-0 as an amateur. 155, though, bro. He's walking at like 165. I'm like 195. I'm like, dude, I'm finna beat this dude's ass. And he beat my ass like I stole something. Like, he like, he kicked me, and I went, I kicked him, and he checked it. And immediately my shins like bruised up and swelled up. Then he judo throws me, knocks the breath out of me, mounts me, and neck cranks me, uh, and makes me tap. And I'm like, this is like 30 seconds into the first round. And just, that was pretty much the story of the rest of the round, you know? Second round, I had to go with Dustin Pumphrey. He was a 185er who ended up fighting at like 155, 145 before it was all said and done. But uh, he gets in there, beats my ass. He mounts me. We're on this little bitty mat. My head is hanging off the mat on the wood floor, and I reach up and I hammer fist him in the face with him and mount. And that was the wrong thing to do because it pissed him off. And he just drops bombs and bounces my head off that wood floor like 19 times before the bell rang. Then I had to go with the heavyweight last. One kick turned my whole leg purple. 
And yeah. in those moments, and I was, I'm proud of myself for this moment because I'm 17. I, I just turned 18 years old, and I had this moment of like, all right, you're going to make a decision. You're either going to be like, man, forget this. This sucks. I'm not going to train anymore. Uh, and then with Kevin, the last round I had with Kevin, I just ran from him the rest of the round. So, like, he kicked me one time and swole my whole leg up with one kick. And I was like, I'm not getting close to that some bitch again. And so every time he'd get within, like, close to striking distance with me, I'd run off the mat. And then they'd bring me back on the mat. He'd get close again. I'd run off the mat. I just ran every time. But you have a, you have a question at that point. You're like, all right, I, here I am thinking I'm some Billy Badass. I've got a decision to make. I can either continue to believe I'm Mr. Billy Badass and not train anymore, not go back, or accept the fact that, hey, man, you know what? These guys don't know, know something I don't. And if I want to be a badass, I need to go learn what they're doing. And most people yeah. quit. Most people are like, I ain't going back and doing that no more. That sucks. You know, but yeah. you got a decision to make. What, who am I going to be? Who am I? Am I the kind of guy that quits when things get tough? Or am I the kind of guy that I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to learn this stuff? You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's one thing, too, that men need to know. Absolutely. You know, if you're the biggest fish in the pond, but it's that gum Kung Fu Panda's karate dojo that's operating out of an old dollar store now. Right. You know, have you, what have you accomplished? Right. But now if you are at one of the top elite level gyms and now you're all of a sudden training, it's a, it's the levels to it. If, if you're the number yeah. one employee at Debbie's diner down the road, what have you really done? Yeah. Now, if you're top employee for a fortune 500 company and they need you, it's, you are only going to grow as big as your pond. Right. You know, yeah. if you're the best, it's smartest dude in your friends group. Guess what, bro? That's his, that's the top. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not That's saying go. I'm not saying you got to initially cut all your friends off, but you need to you need to branch out a little bit, you know, because at a, at a certain yeah. point it's like all right, you learn. right? You got to you got to you got to evolve. You got to push yourself, yeah. and and a lot of guys walk around in a world because we don't live in a violent world, despite what the news tells you. We don't live in a world where you're actually getting tested. That's why Russians are so scary. That's why we're so scared yeah. of Russians. Like that's why we're, that's why Khabib is so yeah. scary because these guys grew up in an actual violent world. That's why they had to learn this. That's why they can fight. That's why they're still competitive at the, high, the highest level of boxing. And we're and whites in America are not. Okay, yeah. it's, it's 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 not athleticism. We're soft. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're soft. We we're eating too many little Debbie cakes, and we don't have the mental toughness to compete with Khabib. Compete with yeah. Khabib's, you know. And it's the way we're raised, man. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, you you live in a world where. You, you played baseball without a score. You weren't allowed to fight. You weren't allowed to stick up for yourself. And now you want to grow up, and now you want to get involved, and you're going to go compete against freaking Khabib, who was wrestling bears as a kid and get slapped around by his dad and wrestled from the time he was four years old. Dude, you're going to get eaten. You're going to get eaten. Yeah. You can't compete. You can't compete yeah. with that. Yeah. The way you raised, were raised matters a little bit. Now, I'm not saying you can't train out-train the way you were raised, but if you have been soft your whole life, you've been putting down an investment on – bitch assness your whole life you've just been you've been putting it down you've been spending days what playing video games and eating hot pockets and cheetos and little debbie cakes and not training and not not putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and that's cool i'm sure you had a fantastic time i'm sure that was a lot of fun hey man i love yeah. little debbie cakes I, yeah. pl I, got, I was playing grand theft auto 5 right before i came up here i love it okay but guess what bro there is some little kid down in Mexico. You want to be a professional boxer. There's some little kid down in Mexico right now that truly believes the only way his, his parents are going to eat when he gets older is if he makes it. And so guess what? He's nine years old right now in the gym just ah, 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 while you're sitting around just shoving 
like fried pickles down your gullet at the county fair. Don't get mad. That kid wants it more than you, cuz. He's harder than you. Don't get mad. He's out there. He's out there drinking uh, like bad water from Tijuana and punching freaking brick walls right, right now, man. Right. He's gonna kick your ass. Dude. Yeah. Well, you got clean water coming out of your fountain, out of your sink at home, but you instead you're slurping down Sunny D, you know, by the gallon. Like, dude. The, wa you know? the water in our toilet's cleaner than the water he's drinking. Right, and he don't care. He's he's drinking that water down and doing another round because that's all he knows, bro. Yeah. I think you're gonna compete with that kid. Yeah. You got you got kids. Yeah. Don't worry about a tequila bottle. You know what I mean? Like, he knows what time it is. Dude. You got kids in Russia who are like having to worry about stepping on mines left there from the, you know, from the wars in the eight sixties and seventies, and you know, like they got landmines they're dodging, and then you think they're going to be as nervous about getting in the cage and fighting as you? Homie has been dodging mines since he was a little kid. That he ain't scared of you in that cage. What are you going to do? That's a Tuesday to him, cuz. Somebody said in Dagestan, you know, like over in the states, we got that like dare to not do drugs. Yeah, well, their dare programs like dare to not be a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like a whole different level of shit, dude. You know? Dang, son, mm. that's tough. That's tough. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, that's, a, like, that's a whole another level, though. That's another that's another world. Oh, yeah. you know? Oh, dude, in the Spartan baby pit, we'd all be in it, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, bro. My, maybe my, not my as a ass to be in that pit, dude. I know. Yeah, maybe not as a baby, but by thirteen, it's like, all right, bro. Like, you throw gotta... that motherfucker away. <laughs> <laughs> he got to go. This kid is soft. This kid is like, he's like four ply toilet paper soft. He's soft. Yeah, he he ain't no good, man. He's over there licking these columns and shit. You know what I mean? Like his son just ate a turd. <laughs> That's what's wrong with that family, man. Oh man. I feel yeah, like their kid, their kids might be doing that because they hungry. So I don't know. They might be used to that. <laughs> they hungry. No, nah, man. They they knocking somebody over to eat their turds, man. <laughs> Give me the turd. <laughs> you gotta stop, man. You gotta stop. Yeah, bro. <laughs> oh man. That's a bro. whole different level of fierceness, bro. Dude, those kids—they're savages. Just savages. It's insane. Oh yeah. Anyway, I respect it though. I mean, you almost have to. You know, it's like that old saying. Oh, they, or they'll make you. Exactly. Yeah, it's that old. It's like that old saying, man. Like, uh, hard times, you know, create strong men. Strong men create soft times. Soft times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. That's the world we're living in. It, it, we are unfortunately going into the soft time, the, the hard times created by the soft men. We had the soft times. We've lived through that. We've had that, and now we have soft men. And if you think these soft men are not in the process of creating the hardest times that this we've ever experienced as a nation, as a country, dude, you lost your mind. Yeah. We're 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 going into the hardest times of our life. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cycle, dude. One hundred percent cycle. It keeps going on. One hundred percent. But you know, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm around like my nephews, and uh, I think that they got like you know, they, there's a there's a bright spot in this though. Uh, some of these kids are are studying and stuff. However, uh, that there's a, that group, that grit group's gone. Yeah, that you know that that blue collar, you know, uh, you know that, that that group that that group that we need in America to, you know, heck, we don't have plumbers anymore, bro. No, we're losing electricians. Yeah, you can't find them. Uh, I try to hire them all the time. I can't find them. You can't find them anywhere. People uh, to lay flooring. People so, to you know, I think build houses. I tell you another thing, man. That group's gone. And I, I'm telling you this as a you you're from Hamilton, Alabama. I'm over here in Columbus, Mississippi. 
You know, do what? Absolutely, man. From so, sticks, man. We, right. So you, you talking about Hamilton, Alabama, North Alabama to me is the end of Appalachia. You know what I mean? That's like the bottom of, of Appalachian, the southern Appalachian area. The, the culture of North Alabama is different than North Mississippi because I've lived both. Okay, North Mississippi is not like North Alabama. Both are country, but it's not the same. North Alabama is, is a little crazier. You know what I mean? Like North Mississippi, they, the white people in North, North, North Mississippi is more thug. Like, but the white people in North Mississippi, they, they try to, to be like southern aristocracy, whereas like white folks in North Alabama, they're like hillbillies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But – well, y'all got y'all got Applebee's. We got like McCrackens. Right. Nobody know what McCrackens is, but exactly. You know. Yeah, it's y'all's place. Yeah, one hundred percent. So to me, that's kind of like still the bottom of Appalachia, which it does change things a little bit. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna say something. But coming from somebody, but we're both from North Alabama. I live in North Mississippi now. I truly believe that the old school mentality of like if a, if a nation were to come in and invade, I think back in the day there'd have been a gun around every corner. I think there'd have been these good old boys out there fighting. And I don't think that exists anymore. I think that'd be the minority, even places like this. I think that there's a lot of men that believe they would be that guy. They believe heart and soul that they're harder than they are, that they, oh, you know, I'm from the country. So that being from the country don't make you hard no more. Because let me tell you something, buddy. How'd you spend your days? If you're from the country and you grew up on a farm killing your own food and, and working all day, okay, yeah, you might be a little harder than the average bear. But if you grew up in the country and air conditioning and heating and cooling and, and running water and you went to school till 3 o'clock and came home and played video games, brother, you ain't nothing but a city boy in the sticks. That's all you are, cuz. I'm going to tell you that right now. So maybe you grew up and learned how to shoot, but you ain't got the grit to go out and take somebody's life that's taking what's yours. So I ain't yeah. saying that there's not any of them out there because there's a few. Well, there, there was a guy. I'm sorry, man. Uh, you didn't interrupt me. There was a guy that I, I was talking to one time, and uh, he was talking about this and that. We were talking. We had like you know it was kind of like a gun conversation or something like that. He was telling me all this stuff that he was gonna do, and you know, and I was just like, bro, when I in 2000. One, I watched two planes hit the trade center. Mm -hmm. I went and joined, enlisted in the military. I was like, what'd you do, bro? I mean, and he couldn't say anything. And I'm like, bro, if that didn't cause you to move, How old are you? then I don't want to hear shit from you. How old are you? I'm 37. Oh, you're older than I am. Okay, I was only 10 years old when that happened, so. Uh, but 11. That, that was I just turned 11. That we were having. No. <laughs> no, but I was having that with that dude. I was just like, bro, I was in high school watching that happen i remember the day that i had yeah. i went and got my class ring the teach i was in miss woods history class yeah. dude about to go get my class ring and i see that happen and so that's in the particular group like my group the, the guys in their 30s guys in their 40s it's a it's a, it's a question of well i would do this well i'll do that well when you seen that what did you do right you know what i'm saying like if you didn't do shit, <laughs> like, right. what are you really gonna do right and so I think that there's a percentage of, you know, men out there, out there that are ready to go. But I think it's a, it, like just like you said, it's a minority. Yeah, it's a much smaller percentage you than know. it used to be. I think that back in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, had a, had Russia invaded the United States, I believe, buddy, especially you get down here in the South, oh, yeah. you're going to have hell because everybody down here has got a gun, still does, but everybody down here has got a gun. Everybody knows how to use it. We willing. Most of those cats were World War II vets. They had done seen some things. They were Vietnam vets yeah. and Korean vets, Korea uh, war vets. And so 
you know, like these guys were hard. They were tough. They had been they had been through the Great Depression. They had they had lived through watching their mama and daddy struggle their whole lives to put food on the table. They worked from the time they were at a young age on you know cotton farms and and tobacco farms and you know they had they had worked and suffered for everything. Nobody handed them anything. There were no handouts. There was no uh, well starting the in the you know 30s and 40s they started to be you know some new deal handouts and stuff but you know these kids these guys they were they had the mentality of, they were gritty they had that warrior mentality and and i just don't think that the majority of men today have it because i i meet very few people everybody likes to talk mess oh man you go down here we all got guns we all you know and yeah. i could be wrong i'd love i would i would love to if something would happen i'd love to be proven wrong i don't want anything to happen but if it does happen i'd love to yeah. be proven wrong i just don't yeah. think i would man i just don't see the I don't see that happening. I think that most people are yeah. soft. Yeah, and I think too it's more of like a it's like a flex, man. We were absolutely know, on the podcast. I like the gun flex. I like yeah. You know, back when I was a kid, if you like, if you had big money, you had a like we had this dude in town that had a monkey. You know, like a monkey is the biggest redneck flex you can have. Hell yeah! And I think like like lower level is uh beneath the monkey is like an ak-47 you know if, if homeboy's got a ak i know you know that's a big flex you know, everybody was showing not quite the monkey the flex but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if there's anything that can match a monkey flex though not 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 where yeah. we're from you know you go out you get to atlanta and new york people got bugattis and mansions but bro you got a monkey in hamilton alabama bro okay yeah, okay bro, your top shelf you know flex in there but i think a lot of times too with these guys they'll just stockpile you know you're basically collecting Pokemon cards at this point, right. man. Like, bro, like, do you shoot them all? Right. I mean, like, what's what is the point? Have you shot like, them? You got, what's the point? <laughs> you yeah. got 150 guns in your trailer, and you're saying if you know you're gonna defend your land, but only thing you got, bro, that's worth anything is the guns. Right. You know, like, dude, <laughs> right. Like, you, know, you, you ain't got shit for real. Ain't nobody coming for that. Guns with guns. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, what are you talking about? Bro? Right. Like, like some of these shit sometimes that I hear is just silliness, man. It's like, bro, you're not about to do shit. Man. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got a nice gun. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Are you overcompensating or, you know, something? There's something going on, man. Cause I mean, and don't get me wrong, brother. Your boy loves guns. Okay. I love guns. I, oh, I do too. I got guns. Yeah, I do too. Man. I stack but guns. I got a little dick. Dude. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's why I got all my guns, bro. I just, I, dude, I told, I told my nephew, I was like, I can still carry them, man. I was like, you know, why I love having this gun. He's like, why? Well, it's like having two dicks. And this one's bigger than my my real one. You know what I mean? Like, it's just confidence, bro. It's just, it's just confidence when I'm carrying that. Thing. You know, it doesn't make any sense how much the size of your dick affects a man's confidence. But it really does, man. It really oh, does. Out, it's such a huge factor, man. And and the, you got to make up for it if you ain't got it somewhere. You got to make up for it somewhere else. Cause you know you meet guys like I've had friends that this dude ugly, ain't got no money, really ain't got shit. He ain't athletic. He ain't tall. He ain't good looking. And he's like, why is this dude so confident? And then we'll be at the urinal like that's why old buddy's so confident. Okay, I got it. And it's really I don't think it's that big of a deal, really. To anybody other than us but when you look at it and you're like i'm sitting here i'm a foot taller than this dude 
I got more money than this dude. I look better than this dude. And I still feel like I'm about that tall right there. Like, man, I can't even hold a candle to this dude. This dude's beating me in every area of life. You know? I could get accepted to Harvard, man, but my boy's got a big dick working at the Bigly Wiggly. Bruh. I'd be him. Trade places. I ain't even lying. I trade places every day. <laughs> I trade places. I trade places nine times out of ten, bro. Like you sitting on a solid ten, I'll trade places nine out of ten, bro. Like I just. We had this dude back in town, man, in Hamilton. His name was Grunch Cobra, dude. I don't know if he ever had a job. He had a big dick that he used to pull out up underneath his overalls and like show people and shit. I guess that's how he made his money. I don't know. Oh my god. But I wanted to be him when I grew up, man. But. Yeah, it just didn't it grow up. Didn't you know happen. I mean? Like it just didn't happen. If it, if it don't happen, it just doesn't happen, man. Like it just. It just don't and you can sit there and yank on that thing all you want to, but it ain't getting but so big, you know. Yeah, but I was, just, my, my older brother was telling me a story, man. You know, and it was kind of weird. Once I thought about it, it was like, like bro, that's kind of like weird. Like that's that's hardcore. But he's like, man, I remember us like driving up by Grunch, and he'd be on a Schwinn bike, and be like, hey, Grunch, show me that dick. <laughs> And he just pull it up out of his overalls, you know. They look like a, like a freaking something out there in the, the jungle or something, like old snake, just you know, coming up. But his freaking. shit could come up underneath his chin. Bro. He got he had the Loch Ness monster in his pants, bro. Mule headed cat. Homie <laughs> I mean. had that monster, cause oh, he went down there and went noodling for that sucker down there like he was catching catfish, bro. He was killing the yeah. game, bro. Well, hey man, look, yeah, we're at about an hour and different level. Yeah, that's that's a bro. I can't even. I can't even. It always comes to this with us. You it, that? Have you know? Yeah, every every time I've been on your podcast, at least the last two times of the week, we've talked about dick. So, what does that what does that tell you about us? <laughs> Where's Tyler when you need him? Right. Where's Tyler when you need him? For real. Yeah, I got I got stood up by my co-host today. Oh no. yeah. Yep. It happens. I guess I was uh, I was uh, on my way up here, and Wes had to work, and then Tyler told me last minute he wasn't gonna make it. So. It's just me and you today. Well, we had about an hour and 20 minutes, man. We're going to wrap this thing on up. Man, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast. Yeah, Love man. having you, man. Um, give a shout-out. Tell them about your podcast before we get off. Yeah, man. I am uh, co-host of the O Now podcast, man. We come to you live on Tuesday nights from 8 o'clock to whenever we get – I got uh, Carl Paul, River Jacobs, two guys that come on with me. Um, we're starting season three coming up. Heck, yeah. Uh, I believe after March 11th, we kind of gave us some time to get some uh, get some in- information, some comedy, some stuff together. So it's kind of fresh and new. Cool. So come check us out. I can't remember the exact date, but I know it's after March 11th. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, y'all go check them out, the O'Now Podcast. Where can they find it? Uh, it's on YouTube. It's O'Now Podcast. Uh, check us out on Facebook. We're on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts. You want to check us out? One thing I struggle to do is get the audio yeah. out as much as the video. And so I'm fixing to start cranking that out on season three and hopefully deliver some content to you guys get some new guests some fresh guests also awesome. uh, always great having jake on there oh yeah man i always have a blast every time y'all have me on it's always a blast i love it love it yeah bro so anytime man well thank you so much for coming on we'll see y'all next episode of the man of podcast 